Episode 229 of the All the Books Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. Yeah, did you like that? Yeah. Did you like that blast of excitement? Yeah. I'm trying to, shake, that, off, uh, trying to shake off my Mondays. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to come in right afterwards, so I didn't oh, feel yeah. the need to keep talking. I also got to shake off my Mondays. Do you? Yeah, my doctor says I've got a real bad case of the Mondays. <laughs> Yeah. Try some lasagna. That yeah. that always helps. He, he gives me a prescription. I I'm supposed to turn it in every Friday. It's a <laughs> I got nothing. It's it's a prescription for the weekend. Is <laughs> what I'm gonna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a little early, I think, to be uh, yeah. to be craving the weekend. Yeah. But anyway, well, I live for it. Uh, this is gonna be a fun show today. You know what? I used what? to think everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. Meant that everybody he knows is working on the weekend. Is that really true? That's or is I that thought. just from the show Selfie? Because that exact is that misconception happened on the show That's Selfie. That's hilarious. No, I used to like listen to him like like your friend is working at CVS on a Saturday. So, but you're free. <laughs> you're free. And you don't Everybody have anybody to hang out with. Is working on the weekend. Wow. But I get it now. Everybody's working to get to the weekend. Classic misconception. That's so fun. now these days, I'm definitely working for the weekend. Yeah. But when I was growing up, I always felt like everyone I knew was working for the weekend. Understood. <laughs> So. Well, this week on the All the Book Show, we're going to be talking about The Witcher. Who? The Witcher. The witch? No, he's not a witch, no, right? He's not. he's not a witch. He's not a witch. That's what's confusing to me sometimes. <laughs> is because, it? Well, because his name is The Witcher. Well, yeah. his title, he is a okay. witcher. Well, he's yeah. not a spider. No, I... Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. He's no, not I get it. I get it. But this is this is a, a book series by the author Andre Sop... How do you say it? Sopko? Say it. Sapkowski? Sapkowski, thank you. No problem. Um, that, that we have here in the collection. We're going to get into all this a little later because it, it transcends just the book. Of course, popular video game series, graphic novels, uh, Netflix shows, memes now. Yeah, there's so. some memes. <laughs> I use it to relate place. to how I'm feeling at 3 a.m. when I can't sleep. I now. know, I saw that. It was very funny. Anyway, we're going to be talking all things Witcher. So if you don't know anything about The Witcher, like me, you can learn. You can learn where to start, what to go, yeah. what witching is about. No, not witching. He doesn't witch. He witcherings. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, but it's not witching. You learn something. A witch witches. This is all about learning. A witcher witchers. Let's dive into the old bookmark, huh? Yeah. A witcher watches. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. He's a monster hunter, right? Yeah. So why is he called a witcher? Okay. Save it for the segment. Understood. Okay. Understood. I will definitely have an answer to that question Good. in 20 minutes. Okay. I'm glad that you do. Um, why don't you start this bookmark today, buddy? Okay. What do you got going on? What, do you, what have you been reading? What have I been reading? <laughs> I finished Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End. Oh, yeah. I kept seeing the progress in this, and then I also saw it uh, as a new added sci-fi book here at the David A. Howe Public Library. Yeah, except we already had it. Oh. So I took my copy and just threw this one in the book sale. Oh, okay. So not that right. that doesn't mean I like it. I just don't yeah. save books after right. I read them. Yep. Got to live a minimalist life. I understand. And I got too many books already. I know you do. Um, so I, as I said, I picked this up because I thought it was a Hugo winner. It is not. <laughs> it is a, oh, a retroactive down. Hugo winner. Oh, right. But at the same time, I enjoyed it. I didn't think I That's was good. going to at first because for a while I was like, oh, this is 1950s sci-fi with aliens, right. which is always like, and w- we've communicated with radio waves. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, the 50s. Would I mean, you, what? I was just going to say, would you say Arthur C. Clarke is probably most well-known for 2001 Space Odyssey? Probably. Yeah, I've only read this in uh, Rendezvous with Ranma. Ranma and the the, didn't the book and movie of two thousand one didn't they come out like simultaneously? Something like that. It's like all it's not really a novelization, but it's like those were both happening at yeah. the same time. Maybe like Jurassic Park. 
Did that happen with Jurassic Park? Yeah, he, they bought this. Uh, Spielberg bought the screen rights before the movie was even out. And he still, spoiler alert, killed Malcolm at the end. In the book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't. Whatever. You bought the rights, but then you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, they were going to cut out Jeff Goldblum's uh, part. Really? But he argued they were going to combine it with Alan Grant, Ooh, and uh, no. Jeff Goldblum was like, uh, "I, I think, uh, I think I could add something here." Jeff, really? Jeff Goldblum was yeah, involved. Yeah, he, he convinced him. Well, why was he even involved then? To save Anne Malcolm in the movie? Yeah. But he was still like they were still auditioning for it. But then like you know we're thinking oh, about cutting oh, the character. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Why didn't that come up on one of our many Michael Crichton <laughs> podcast episodes? Um. Anyway. Yes. Sorry. Atomic Age. I mean, when you read a sci-fi book from the fifties, you always got to remember we've yet to go to the moon. As they were yeah. writing this, they're like, and "We'll so- never get to the moon unless we change all the tubes in this transistor. <laughs> Bring me the tubes." So. <laughs> Anyways, what the story is really about is an alien race has come down and is babysitting humanity, creating mm-hmm. a utopia. It's kind of about uh, what cost is uh, do we lose our humanity to achieve oh. utopia, but okay. also the idea that uh, the aliens might be here for other reasons besides just creating utopia. Nefarious so it gets, reasons? No, uh, oh. maybe. It gets oh. weird. It gets real weird at the end, Okay, but I liked it. Okay. Anyway, so I read That's Not a Hugo Winner. But now we talked about it so much, I forgot the title. What was it called? Childhood's End. Childhood's Humanity End. is the child in this book. Oh, that's cute. I read The One and Only Ivan by Catherine Applegate. Oh. It's one of the saddest books I've ever read. Really? But I loved it. What's it about? It's about a gorilla yeah. who lives in like a small cage uh-huh. uh, outside of a mall on off of a highway. Oh, jeez. And uh, he's got, like, an elephant friend who's in the cage next to him. And he's got a dog who's, like, astray. He's kind of sad because he doesn't really remember everything. Anyways, a baby elephant comes in, and he's... Basically, he's going to... He has to try to decide if he's going to be the silverback he's always meant to be and, like, get them out of the cage. Jeez. Anyway, it's based on true stories. It does sound rough. It's very sad. This is a kid's book, but at the same time, when he remembers his mother and father, he... And how he like was separated from them. He remembers their death, oh, and how the hunters cut off their hands and oh heads gosh. and made ashtrays out of the hands. Wow! So Catherine Applegate, she didn't this, pull punches yeah, in animals. And this is not a why. This is like a junior level book, yeah. isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. But I I also appreciate that it. because it's important that people know just uh, how bad how bad of stewards we are to this place. Absolutely. Uh, anyways, I'm reading the Incorruptible uh, comic book series by okay. Mark Wade. Yep. It's kind of a spinoff of his Irredeemable one. Mm-hmm. Irredeemable was about a superhero, Superman guy, who went crazy and almost destroyed the Earth. Incorruptible is about a supervillain who is now trying to make good. Okay. And then I'm reading The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Kowal. Uh, this is this was last year's Hugo winner. Oh, and this is part of a series. This is Yeah, the, the second is one out is called like The Faded Sky. Yeah. I think there might be a third one coming. Okay. Uh, the Lady Astronaut yeah. series, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> set in the fifties, is an alternative. Uh, it's a alternate history where a giant meteorite crashed into the east coast of the United States, oh. and uh, it may have changed the weather so much that it's an extinction level event, and we got to get off planet. Wow! But in the fifties, just like today, you got to convince everybody. Bring me my tubes. <laughs> you got to convince everybody that. Uh, the bad weather is more than just bad weather. Right. So, uh, while also dealing, uh, it's also very much about like uh, the politics around being a woman, being a woman scientist, and wanting to 50s. be a woman astronaut mm. in the fifties. Interesting. So, it's funny because like reading this, I'm like, oh, well, these things are better. But then I remember Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated for best director. So reading a lot of things about how there. bad this planet. I guess <laughs> really depressing yourself. Childhood's end. Calculating stars. One and only Ivan. Whew. Tell you what. 
You need some lighter I need stuff. A, I need a reset button. I guess you do. Is that Earth. it? Is it me? Is it me now? I mean, I watched The Boy and His Dog. What is that? It's 70s sci-fi month on the Criterion oh, channel. Oh, that's right. That's so right. I, watched I saw the, you posting about I watched that. The Boy and His Dog. I watched uh, No Blade of Grass. And okay. I watched THX oh, over the weekend. George Lucas, is any good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's more interesting than it is like entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like at the end, you're like, yeah, okay, it's over now. And he's recut that a million times too, right? I guess so. Okay. The one I watched, I think, is like the final cut thing because well, there's like we'll a see. CGI thing in there. Yeah. As long as George Lucas lives, there's no final cut of yeah. anything. It's a strange movie. I read Riptide by Paul <laughs> S. Kemp. This is a duology of books uh, that is not good. It's a Star Wars series I was reading with some friends for a book club. We didn't really like the first one, but it was felt like it was all set up. The first one was called Cross Current. Mm-hmm. Felt like it was all set up for book two. So we were like, well, let's just read book two since we're this far in. Mistake. Cross Current and Riptide by Paul S. Kemp. Star Wars books we have in the collection. You're welcome to check them out if you want to. Highly recommended from all the Incorrect. books. Show. Incorrect. Uh, I read Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Er? No. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch by <laughs> Kelly Thompson. So this is a... There was a whole, like rebirth of Archie comics with with Mark Wade's Archie and then it kind of spiraled off and a bunch of other things happened and now we're sort of getting back there was just a Betty and Veronica that was out uh it's still relatively new which I liked quite a bit and it had a preview for this Sabrina the Teenage Witch and I really enjoyed it and so when we just got this in our collection so I read it quickly and I loved it I think it's great it's uh it's got an element of spookiness it's got classic sabrina vibes but also feels very modern so they did a really nice job with this so i'm glad that this is a continuing series Mm. i was not so hot about the new archie title i don't remember who the author of that one is do you remember nick spencer yes nick spencer and it wasn't wild about volume one but we'll see well volume one was wild about you really that's nice i read the spider-verse books the dan slot prelude to spider-verse and spider-verse not a fan didn't really enjoy them sorry man did you like those i liked spider-verse did you? Yeah. Okay. I, there were just so many. There was just so many, and I just felt like, I don't know, it had all been done before. I, no? Okay. I don't know when. Well, like Crisis on Infinite Earths, for example. But not with Spider-Man. Well, okay, not with <laughs> Spider-Man, but it's... Spider-Man like, wasn't in Crisis on Infinite You're right, Earth. but it's basically the same <laughs> idea. Um, I didn't like these so much. Um, I I don't know. I didn't really care for them, but we do have them in our in our collection as well. And finally, I read a play called... You heard it here first. Nick hates Spider-Man no, 2099. I, Spider-Man. I haven't read Spider-Man 2099. He's, he shows up. Yeah. Have you read that series, Spider-Man 2099? Uh, it's not all on the Marvel Unlimited app, which is so annoying. Is but annoying. I've read some of it. Okay. It's is very it? 90s. Is it? Yes. Well, there's a current series, though. Yeah, I haven't got to that one. Okay. What but about yeah. Silk? Have you read any of the Silk series? No, just her in the comic. Okay. I think... Isn't Silk the one that, like... Her and Peter have like the weird pheromone thing going yeah, on. Yeah, they're like so connected. The, the Doc Ock's ex-girlfriend has to keep like right. spraying. Yeah, them with pretty the much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I read "Wait Until Dark" by Frederick Knott. So Frederick Knott wrote "Dialing for Murder." He wrote um, "Write Me a Murder," which we did in the auditorium just last year. "Wait Until Dark" was made into a movie with I, th- I want to say Audrey Hepburn, and it's about a blind hmm. woman who is uh, home alone, and this group of <gasps> guys sort of conspire to trick her to get this doll, and you don't know why they want the doll. Huh. But they they pose as a friend of her husband. They pose as you know one person plays multiple different people coming to talk to her. Uh-huh. They kind of trick her into thinking cops are involved. It's a whole thing, and maybe she turns the tables on them. Maybe she doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it was a good play. It was. Uh, I really enjoyed Wait Until Dark. I think it'd be really challenging to do on stage <laughs> because the set. There's always a set diagram in the back of mm. scripts. The set diagram in this is like you basically need a full size functional house oh. for this to work. So I don't understand. Yeah. She's like. She's hiding things in the washer and dryer. There's a big part about the light yeah. in the refrigerator. I just don't know how you yeah. 
It's crazy. I'm going to go up to the attic. Meet me in this I, furnished basement. Seriously, <laughs> that's what it's like. Okay, but I'm building a pool table right. in the garage. You're not wrong. <laughs> Finally, I read the novelization of Last Jedi uh, by Jason Fry. I didn't particularly enjoy it. It... it <laughs> You know what I do when I hate something? Well, look, I just keep experiencing the thing I hate I, over and I over again. I understand. I saw Last Jedi in theaters, and uh-huh. I didn't love it, as we know. Yep. Uh, I watched Rise of Skywalker, and then mm-hmm. I thought, like, well, maybe I ought to give Last Jedi another chance, yep. you know? And so I, I read the audiobook, mm-hmm. and I just, it just doesn't do it for me, you know? I get, yeah. like, if you just look at it as a book, I think when you have, like, you have three main characters that I feel like serve no purpose, Rose, Finn, and Poe each on their little missions that ultimately lead to nothing. And the resolution is the same as if those characters had just been deleted to begin with. So I don't really understand why you have those characters doing those things if they're not going to tie into any kind of narrative or work as character pieces. So the book didn't work for me. I don't know. I'm (laughs) currently reading The Great Gatsby. This is for our Endless Winter Book Club. So this year we're trying something new where we read a classic and then we read a modern adaptation. Mm. So right now we're on The Great Gatsby. and then What's a modern uh, adaptation of this? Yeah, I I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't remember the title. (laughs) Stephanie Powell Watts wrote it. Um, It's set in One for the Money by Janet Ivanovich? (laughs) No. Hold on, I'm gonna All find right. it. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna find it. No, okay, I get No it. one is coming to save us, is what it's called. Oh, no. by, by Stephanie Powell Watts. Came out a few years back. Uh, it was ALA's first big book club pick uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what we're doing. But I never read The Great Gatsby before. I've never seen yeah. the movie. I know almost nothing about the story. So yeah. it's been interesting so far. Anyway, what's this thing that you've been reading? This, been uh, so long by Jorma Kakkonen. Mm-hmm. My life is music. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the guys from um, Jefferson Airplane oh. slash Hot Tuna. <laughs> my, fr- uh-huh. <laughs> my friend Chris and I, my friend Chris is a huge fan of uh, Hot Tuna, uh, <laughs> has been forever. Saw him yeah. when he was a teenager, mm-hmm. and he's always said how much he loved Hot Tuna. And so they were coming to Buffalo, and I was like, well, I got to see this for myself. So yeah. he and I went, and they were selling th- this book signed by both the guys, had a CD in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we each got one, and we were reading them, so... I'm reading it. I'm enjoying it. I'm up through the... I'm past the Jefferson Airplane years. Mm-hmm. I'm into the Hot Tuna <laughs> era. Okay. Uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a scattered book. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses a lot of journal entries of his, but they're, they're like modern journal entries that sort of reflect on the events he's talking about. So it'd be one thing if they were contemporary with the events he's describing, but they're all like 50 years later. So it's just a very disjointed kind of book. Could have used a stronger... Uh, editor but it is interesting especially once we got to the we finally got up to like you know the the jefferson airplane era it got much more interesting but mm. i'm enjoying it i've been listening to the as he name drops albums i've been playing the albums while i'm listening to it so it's been fun i like it okay um that's it for reading my wife and i started the show the forever Com- yes my wife and i started the show the kaminsky method with uh michael douglas and alan arkin mm-hmm. really digging it so far michael douglas is probably my favorite actor of all time so I <laughs> my brain just that was such a weird reaction. My brain just tried to process that, but okay. I like a lot of the Michaels. I like uh, Michael J. Fox. That's true. I like Michael Keaton. Uh huh. I like Michael Douglas. Yeah. Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas, D- and he had to change it because of Michael Douglas. Yeah. You like Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, I do like Michael yeah. B. Jordan. What's he? He's got something new coming out, doesn't he? Well, he's got several things. Oh, that one that's a book adaptation. I think Just Mercy. It's called. That looked really good. That's all. Hmm. I knew him first from Friday Night Lights. Hmm. Did you ever watch that show? No, but I knew him first from uh, ha- oh, having him over for dinner. Oh, you, you're, you're <laughs> old friends. Okay. 
book news. I guess it's not book news. I'm in a weird place because today I decided to watch both the New Mutants trailer yeah. that came out. Okay. And I'm like, okay. I, I still don't really know what that movie's going to do. All right. And then I watched the Morbius trailer. Oh, the Jared Leto. The Jared Leto like Morbius Living Vampire page to screen adaptation. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's coming out this year. I think it's in the MCU, even though it's not a Disney MCU movie. R- why do you say that? Well, at one point, there's a poster of Spider-Man yeah. that says murderer. But So when you think about Far From Home, yeah. that clicks. Yeah. But also, at the end of the trailer, uh, a character says, Michael Morbius, uh, is uh, the doctor here or something? And it's uh, Michael Keaton playing his vulture character really yeah because he's got like the boston accent going on or whatever the new york accent that he heard and i'm just kind of uh like what what is happening that's strange does that mean venom is also now gonna be in it i don't know it's very strange i just and the morbius thing i was watching it i'm like i'm definitely watching this trailer yeah things are on the screen yeah and they're happening right i just i've never felt so detached between my i've never felt the screen being such a divider hmm. between me and what's on the other side wow. before in my life. Hard time to be you. Yeah. Morbius is, uh, if you don't know, he, he's a Spider-Man side character. He's a, he's the living vampire. Sometimes he's a villain. Most of the time he's an anti-hero. Yeah. I suggested today that uh, Morbius is the living vampire because he hasn't come across vi- Blade yet. Uh, all pretty, vampires are living yeah. vampires until they meet Blade. You're right. That's a good point. Same way all criminals are the living and, criminal until they meet the Punisher. Huh. How, how was the New Mutants? Trailer? Yeah. I, I mean, she's got her demon sword. I'm pretty sure that was... I don't the, know anything about the New Mutants. So. I'm pretty sure... I mean, Ileana Rasputin, the uh, okay. magic. Okay. She had her sword, uh, her soul sword. And okay. then the I'm pretty sure that was the demon bear in there. And okay. so like now that their special effects are there, but like I don't think any the of the new reshoots mutants, they planned on were they, there. They didn't happen. And the New Mutants are like... They were like a new X-Men team. That's how they were introduced originally. It was like the first spinoff the X-Men yeah. ever had. The, uh, and then no one's ever really cared about the New Mutants. Would no, you say people that's fair? love the Do New they? Mutants. Oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, people okay. love the original. On if you go down to X Twitter, yeah, do not say an ill thing about any of the New Mutants. I people, I don't plan to go them. there. But okay, I, yeah, the original like New Mutants team that started in the uh, what the eighties, late seventies, early eighties. People love them. Okay, so I don't get it totally. I like the characters, but every time I look at the New Mutants books, I'm like, yeah, but I guess it was just very weird mm-hmm. in the 80s and whatnot. So, But I like some of the characters. Cannonball, okay. Sunspot, Wolfsbane, All right. Magic, Daniel All right. Moonstar. So a couple of good page-to-screen adaptations maybe, no! maybe coming this year. <laughs> uh, in other book news, the, the, big, the big news, I think, for January is the Youth Media Awards, which are coming out in, in the next couple of weeks. Soon. Uh, yes. So we'll have all, all the, the, the Prince Award, the, the Caldecott Newberry, the mm-hmm. Theodore Seuss Geisel Award, uh, lots mm-hmm. of stuff coming out at the end of the year. I've been looking at some prediction lists and things, uh, seeing what we have, mm-hmm. what we don't. You and Kate are usually pretty on it. Usually, usually those lists will have... Uh, We'll have those things already in our collection, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll be covering well, the, those when they come out. The Prince Award is so easy because it's just Purple Rain every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. constantly get us a new copy of Purple Rain. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> we have a lot now, so you can yeah. probably bump the brakes on Now that. I got it every year. Okay. Let's check in with some awards. You mean the Oscars? Yeah. The Oscar, the Grouches. Oh, boy. Oh, wait. We already used that once, though. 
Pro- I think I yeah, we had an episode, episode called, called Oscar Grouch. Grouch. But you were talking about me. And it was because yeah. last year I didn't care about them. So we'll see if I so care about them this year. you were Oscar Grouch. I was Oscar Grouch last okay. year. Original song, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away by Toy Story 4. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. I'm Standing With You, Breakthrough, Into the Unknown, Frozen 2, and Stand Up Harriet. Okay. <laughs> Maybe just give us the highlights. Okay. Uh, production design. No. <laughs> uh, sound mixing? No. Oh, wait. That's right. You're a sound editing guy. If it would... <laughs> All right, hold on. Here we go. Let me let me move on up. You can tell us all those during the commercials. Okay. Oh wait, what's Doing the uh, adapted screenplay? Yeah, let's that find makes out sense about because that. that's like yeah, page, page, to page to screen. Let's yeah. hear it. Uh, the Irishman by Stephen Zalian. Yes, we have that book. I heard you paint houses. It's called Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Joker by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. I guess. Sure. I guess. I mean, that story's never Based been written. Based on characters. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, Little Women by Greta Gerwig. Yeah. And the two popes, Anthony McCartan. Okay. Uh, okay animated feature i was looking for the foreign film oh it's international that's why okay corpus christi Wait, honeyland is this, is this international or this is animated? uh best international film. okay all right so you got corpus christi honeyland les miserables uh pain and glory and parasite parasite's probably gonna win probably uh okay so adapted uh animated feature is how to train your dragon three i lost my body klaus missing link toy story four all right, now we're up to director. You want? Yeah, let's hear right. director. Let's do it. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Todd Phillips for The Joker. Todd Phillips seems like such an idiot, though. Every time you hear him speak, Ugh. Sam Mendes from 1917. Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon Hyo for a Parasite. Okay. Supporting actresses: Kathy Bates, Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson, Florence. Uh, boy, is that Pew? Pug? Pew. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Little Women. And Margot Robbie from Bombshell. Not for Birds of Prey. Well, that's not. That's a 2020 film. Oh, okay. So, it so maybe. Is, yeah, maybe. next year. Uh, supporting actor, you got Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Brad Pitt. I don't understand this Brad Pitt getting awards for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. It's good, but it's not something I'd give an award for. Hmm. I just don't understand. I think it's been a weak year. Uh, lead actress. I thought Joe Pesci was great in The Irishman. Hmm. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. I would not. I, Just a tiny little raisin man. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't give that to Pacino. No okay. way would I give that to Pacino. But uh, I think Pesci is deserving. Lead actress is Cynthia Erivo from Harriet. Scarlett Johansson from Marriage Story. Uh, didn't, wasn't she nominated for something else? For Jojo Rabbit. There something, you go. Yeah. Uh, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Charlize Theron from Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger from Judy. Lead actor, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Jonathan Price, Two Popes. Okay. All right, best picture. Let's Here do it this. is. Ford versus Ferrari. I don't really understand it. It's okay. an entertaining movie. All right. But I haven't seen it. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. <laughs> Shall we uh, shall we move on to some New York Times bestsellers? Mm. Let's find what we got. Okay. All right. Sorry. Reading that list made me crazy. Is this another part you're going to cut out? What? This part right here? No, I'm going to leave this part in. Oh, good. That way people know. I do want people to they know. They can know how much that list really did me in. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess I'm going to see... I've seen five of those movies. You've seen oh, okay. none of them? I saw Irishman. Is that it? Mm. I, think, I think it is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You uncultured swine. I'm sorry. Well, that's see, that's what happens when you have kids. That's why I haven't seen any of these movies. And mm. why you have, you childless fool. We're doing the hardcover uh, New York Times bestsellers list for nonfiction. No, it's okay. okay. All right. I, I double-checked it. Okay. Uh, because 
Ron Perlman, as he says, there's two things that never change. War and the New York Times bestsellers list. Really? Did so. he say that? Well, he says war never changes. Oh, but that's okay. in the Fallout games. Yeah. But I would assume he also meant the New York Times bestsellers list. Had he known. Number 10, How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell. An argument Go on. for unplugging from technology in order to potentially focus attention on important matters. Like such technology. As family matters. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Right. Can you do the theme song? For family matters. Oh, for family matters? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was trying to do the Green Hornet. Family matters. Oh, you put me on the spot. Yeah. I can get it. Okay. You just keep going. All right. You just keep going. You want me to say other things so you It's a rare condition (laughs) in this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Uh Love. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Boy, we can own uh, Reginald Van Johnson a lot of money. Does he get the. The royalties, the royalties for that? Yeah, but Reginald only for podcasters. Oh, okay. It's a weird part of his contract. I don't mind. Very I don't lucrative. mind tossing some coin to Reginald Bell Johnson. <laughs> He's brought me some Number joy nine, over the years. Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Yes. The Pulitzer Prize winning reporter details some surveillance and imi- uh, intimidation tactics used to pressure journalists and elude consequences by certain wealthy and connected men. Sounds right. Maybe you should talk to someone. A psychotherapist gains unexpected insights when she becomes another therapist's patient. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and a doctor also gains an insight when he goes to the doctor. Yeah. I just... Cool. Maybe this book is great. I'm not in a mood to give anyone the benefit of the doctor. I know. Today. I know. And yet Nothing. you keep offering opinions. Sam Houston and the Alamo Avengers. The Fox and Friends host gives an account of the battle against the Mexican army in 1836. Mm. <sighs> Wasn't there a movie? <laughs> the Alamo movie with Billy Bob Thornton? I don't know. I never watched right? it. I've never seen it. I was just asking yeah, if it I don't was. Know. I don't know. Okay. Well, if you're is not going to get Is that me where he anything. plays a bad Santa? No, that's the movie uh, Sling Blade. <laughs> Whew, I almost panicked and said bad Santa. <laughs> I know. That was funny. Uh, okay, number six Say Nothing by Patrick Raiden Keefe. Uh, a look at the conflict in Northern Ireland known as the Troubles. The Body, <laughs> Bill Bryson, an owner's manual of the human body covering various parts, functions, and what happens when things go wrong. Oh, no. Yeah. My manual's upside down. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, they always make these things so hard to read. It's a diagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For Me by Elton John, the multi-award winning solo artist. First autobiography chronicles his career, relationships, and private struggles. This is We have the audiobook of this, and both he and the, the guy who plays him in the movie trade off reading the audiobook. Well, there you go. That's kind of interesting, I thought. Three, Becoming Michelle Obama. Becoming Michelle Obama. Becoming by Michelle Obama. Yes. The former first lady describes how she balanced work, family, and her husband's political ascent. Yeah, this is a new... Th- this came out a while back, and now there's a fancy new edition of it that's... Uh, uh-huh. Well, it's been here for making, 56 Making weeks. the waves again. Oh, okay. So maybe this is still the original. Uh, maybe they just wrap that in. Maybe. Number two, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. We so shouldn't do that. Famous examples of miscommunication serve as the backdrop to explain potential conflicts and misunderstandings. And then number one... This week is educated by Tara Westover, the daughter of survivalists who is kept out of school, educates herself enough to leave home for university. Okay. That's that's an old favorite, too. That, that's that been on the list for quite a while. Does yeah. it list you how long it's been in its current position? Does a it lot. 70-something. Wow. Okay. That's pretty good. All right. Well, you ready for a little author spotlight here? Oh, it's an author spotlight. Yeah. I didn't really think about it that way.
All right, so Eric, uh, this this is where this is where I've got to pay you a compliment. Are you ready? Thank you. You're just you're always ahead of the game when it comes to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You because you've been talking about The Witcher for a very long time, mm-hmm. longer than like the books and and everything have. I feel like have gotten a lot of like mainstream attention. For example. We are one of the only, if not the only, libraries in our system who have all the books, mm. and they're never here. They're never checked in. They're very. Checked I was out. gonna. I was gonna read some of the short stories. Can't get my hands on one yeah. because they're checked out. and There's a million holds. Yeah, because we only we have two copies, right? We have two copies. And they're of just Last Wish. gone to the wind. We so. we got it because the first one was just always checked out. Yeah. And since it's technically book one, yeah, like, maybe we should get a second copy. Yeah. And so. it has proved fruitful because it's <laughs> checked out. And yeah. we have the whole graphic novel run, which is also yeah, that giant omnibus checked out. Yeah, which is really it's really three. I've read that. It's, it's really three trades mm-hmm. and one standalone. Yeah, like just right in the short. Yeah, yeah, in a huge which is pretty library binding kind so, of. So um, let's let's just start at the beginning. So why don't you tell people a little bit about uh, the series, the beginning, some origins of the series, a little bit about the series, how to follow it, that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, the last wish. Uh, as we say, it's book one, but it's never labeled as book one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just says Introducing the Witcher by uh, Andrei Sapkowski. And this is the second book published, right? They're, they're all... It's The order is so crazy okay. because also we get them so late. Like I yeah. said, the newest one we got last year yep. or two years ago, and it was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. So the translation is just taken forever. Yeah. Um, the Last Wish is like the first one you should read. It's basically introducing you to Geralt. But then, as I said a few episodes ago, I found out the short stories in this collection are presented out of chronological order. Okay. So... Like the Star Wars Clone Wars yes. series. <laughs> yes. It's just random or episodes. But Conan the Barbarian like. books did that as well. Okay. Uh, he would write Conan as like an old king, and then he would write him as like a young guy, and it would just... Whatever he wanted to write as right. Conan, he would mm-hmm. do it. So I don't know like when uh, Sapkowski was like... I'm going to make a through line here. <laughs> but um, so the other book, I should open my Goodreads for all these titles. The other book in the series is The Sword of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another collection of short stories, but they're much more like chronological. There's there's definitely like a, a through line going through those short stories um, as you go through them. So those... And that's technically the first book that, that Andrei Sapkowski published. As far that's, as, it, yeah. That's and then, the, in, in, in Poland. Like, that was the yeah. one that came out the f- first. Yeah, Sword of Destiny. Um, the numbering is so crazy, because if you look at, like, the last wish, it says 0.5, mm-hmm. and then Sword of Destiny is 0.75. Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, Sword of Destiny, and then they did the last wish afterwards. So, I, I mean, it's probably not too important, but... Uh, in terms of like the TV show, if you've mm-hmm. just if you've watched the TV show or you want to watch the TV show on Netflix, it is a bunch of the stories from The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny told in like eight episodes. Okay. So had you done that, you've you know experienced that story okay. for the most part. So those are like the short story collections. So there's two short story collections: yes. Last Wish and Sword of Destiny. Yes. And you would recommend starting with The Last Wish. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Because The Last Wish. Um, introduces you to Yennefer. It introduces you to his connection to Ciri. Um, and then Sword of Destiny kind of leads up to that and sets the stage for what comes after. Okay. So, yeah, I would definitely suggest The Last Wish first. And then we go into, like, the, the, the proper series and then with five books. The, the Witcher becomes five novels. Okay. And whereas the short stories are just, like, The Witcher doing a job. Like, mm-hmm. the fir- one issue, one... <laughs> 
one story is the Witcher dealing with a vampire-like creature called a Strigger. The other one is dealing with like a, the twist on the Beauty and the Beast story. Okay. Um, the other one is dealing with an elf and all that. So it's just like every one is very standalone. Uh, and then Sword of Destiny is kind of like that, but with like a through line a little bit. With the novels, it's all just one big fantasy epic. Uh, big, like, a lot of politics, a lot of uh, just, like, high fantasy. You're, Geralt becomes almost a secondary character oh. in, in this series. Um, honestly, around, like, the second book, it really just becomes a series. Uh, and what is, in series connection, she's his daughter? Uh, Siri is his daughter through, like, uh, adoption as I well. See. It's, a, okay. it's her, his adopted daughter. Okay. Uh, through some uh, uh, magical promises. Some witchering? Uh, some witchering. Okay. <laughs> Mild witchering. Basically, Ciri is uh, being trained to be a witcher, uh, but her and Geralt get separated, and it becomes like just this... It's very much like Ciri guest-starring Geralt. Okay. Um, which is fine, because Ciri's a is a very interesting character, and her story's interesting. It's just, with The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny, they're all Geralt, so you got to get used to him and really like him. Okay. And then when you, he stops showing up so much, it kind of gets like, oh, but what's Geralt doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so a whole bunch of stuff is happening during this. Kingdoms are uh, at war. Geralt's searching for Ciri and meeting people and getting like a band of uh, followers with him uh, to do that. Ciri is being chased and uh, uh, learning to be a witcher, but also... Uh, she has some magic powers, and uh, a lot of people are after her. Okay. And it all just kind of builds up. So that's it starts with the Blood of Elves. Then it goes Time of Contempt, Baptism of Fire, Tower of Swallows, and Lady of the Lake. And those okay. are all numbered. Okay. Like, Blood of Elves is the one that's numbered, book one. So these books originally came out from 1994 to 1999. Yeah. And the English translations weren't uh, were spread across over about 10 years, 2008 mm-hmm. to 2017. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, um, so around like when the books came out i don't know somebody had offered uh sapkowski money to mm-hmm. turn the witcher into a game and it never happened and then later uh cg project red offered him the money offered him money and it was like a one-time f- uh mm-hmm. fund they were offered to give him royalties and mm-hmm. he said no because he didn't think it was gonna make any money so they got that and then in 2007 they released the first witcher game and um the witcher games are sequels to the books. Okay. So Witcher 1 takes place after book 5, The oh, Lady I see. of the Lake. Okay. Um, and it starts with Geralt having amnesia. Um, but anyway, I I honestly think a big reason we got most of these books, if not any, is because of the games yeah. over here. So especially the, I mean, Witcher 3, the most popular of the games, came out in 2015, and then we got Season of Storms in 2018. Right. Maybe that's just because it took them three years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um I honestly think the reason we got some of them is because yeah. of those. I mean, well, the covers. That's, that's a huge jump, too, because Lady of the Lake, mm-hmm. the Polish release of that was 1999. Yeah. Seasons of Storms in, in Poland even wasn't released until 20, right. 2013. So 14-year right. gap between books. The covers of the books use a lot of the Geralt from the games okay. design. Uh, when you look at the older ones, they're just like very different um in terms of cover design. Mm-hmm. But this, if, you, if somebody picked up Lady of the Lake, they would know that's Siri and that's... Uh, Geralt from okay. The Witcher 3. And now Season of Storms is kind of a prequel? Is that Am I getting that Season right? Season of Storms is a prequel. Okay. It's set somewhere between The Last Wish and those stories. Okay. Um, 
but so it's after the actual story, The Last Wish, but it's still somewhere in that collection of stories. Okay. Uh, so, and I've seen, <laughs> like, when this came out, mm-hmm. I've seen the marketing on this be more about this as just a, you can just pick this up and read it. That's You that's don't right. have to read it as part of the series. Seasons of Storms is very standalone, and it's nice because it's standalone, and it's telling, like, one story, but throughout it, Geralt is doing a bunch of different, like, witcher jobs at the time. So, okay. at one point, he's in a Coliseum fighting a monster. Another point, he's on a ship dealing with, like, a fox demon. There's, it just kind of goes back and forth so that, like, you're getting a lot of the stuff that you might have liked in the short stories, but now in, like, a book form. So, is it calling out? Like, is, are those Easter eggs to actual short stories that happen when he mentions these side jobs? Yeah, there are short stories in Seasons of Storms. Um, oh, it is a season. It, it is a... It, so, it's not a straight novel. It is short stories. Season of Storms. No, Season of Storms is a straight novel. Oh, you're saying it's referencing short stories. Mm, you, yes, <laughs> okay. yeah. There's, okay. there's Easter eggs in Season of Storms, okay, and if you've yeah, read that, The okay. Last that Wish, was my question. or even if you've like read the stuff that takes place after, it's uh, you're like, oh, You'll that's going to be things. a thing. Okay. When he's like, that's oh, cool. I would hate to have to do this. We're like, you're going to have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Season of Storms is, uh, is kind of what I had wished the... Uh, the novels are mm. but on goodreads i've given a few of those novels four four stars because he has such a strange way of writing that i'm not like used to there are some chapters that just go on and they're just dialogue without mm. any he said or dandelion said there's no like you don't know who's talking they're just conversations happening in a in oh, a place unusual and so you're just you're just reading I guess it's like an introducing you to like a political dilemma that's going on, but you're just hearing a bunch of things, even though who's saying it isn't necessarily important. Okay. Um, it does that thing where like a character is telling a story and it's like, uh, and I had to go out there and I saw a horse and don't interrupt me, Nick. I mm-hmm. can see that you're stressed, but mm-hmm. I have to tell you the rest. And which is, which is always kind of like, I don't know. It, that's a different way of writing dialogue. Yeah. It always kind of uh, throws me through a loop a little bit. Uh, All right, so let me see if I've got my mind wrapped around this. Mm -hmm. You've got the characters really introduced in two sets of short stories, Mm -hmm. The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny. Destiny. Then the proper Witcher sagas, five books, Mm -hmm. Blood of Elves, Time of Contempt, Baptism of Fire, Mm -hmm. Tower of the Swallow, Mm -hmm. and Lady of the Lake. Yes. And then you have just a standalone prequel Mm -hmm. that if you know nothing else about The Witcher, you could pick up Seasons of Storms Mm -hmm. and be just fine. Right. Is that what you'd suggest if somebody is maybe familiar with the games and wants to read more? Would you say go right to the short stories or would you say, here, here's Season of Storms? Um, Yeah, I guess I would say The Last Wish uh, still because I think some of the stories are really good in there. If they like that, maybe I would suggest Season of Storms. Mm -hmm. I definitely, it would be hard for me to be like, read Blood of Elves first, even though it's labeled as book one, because so much of the setup. Like the world building and stuff? Yeah, is is before in those two short stories. All right. Give us a a little of the, um, like if if you're not familiar at all with The Witcher, give me just just a... couple sentence synopsis of what the series is about uh Geralt is a witcher he is a <laughs> monster hunter okay uh he's a mutant Ooh. who uh it has uh, abilities to help him track and hunt monsters um he can't reproduce that's one of uh, the effects of his mutation like can't have children right okay um and he's supposed to be emotionless but Geralt shows like quite a Vulcan a bit. yeah a little bit yeah but a very violent Aggressive Vulcan. So, oh. Romulan. Oh, okay. Hey. Yeah. Um, Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and he, there, he, he, he romances many people. Okay. Uh, mainly, uh, Yennefer is his, like, you know, love. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a pretty toxic relationship throughout. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And then there's also his adopted daughter, Siri, uh, who used to be a princess, but is now training to be a witcher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. That's so the these are these are fantasy books, obviously. Mm-hmm. Classify these as fantasy. Yeah. Um, how how deep is that? Because you know I'm not a huge fantasy fan. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't like books where you have to constantly mm-hmm. be trying to figure out like the jargon. Are are they pretty approachable, or is it something that you really have to like? I mean, mm, commit. A lot of it is like sometimes I'm like is. The, the translation, I think, sometimes oh. creates a lot of it. Because yeah. there's a group that, like, it's pronounced squirrels, but it doesn't yeah. read squirrels. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, is that just the Polish right. uh, word I see. being put on the page? Okay. Um, uh, that's that's another thing that makes them interesting is because uh, I don't know if I've ever read really, like, Polish fantasy. Mm-hmm. But they are. And a lot of them are uh, steeped in, uh, like, Polish folklore. Oh, or, okay. Um, you know, like the, like I said, like, the Beauty and Beast story is in there. Um but it's told in a in a darker way. So I mean, do you, so do you find them relatively approachable or? Yeah, uh, not necessarily the novels. Oh, okay. Though, because All like right. when reading those, I'm like, I I would just read. I'm like, I gotta put this down. Okay. They're just so they're so big, and they don't. None of the books really. None of the novels really have like an ending. They just oh. stop, mm. and then you have to pick up the next book. I see. Which was frustrating. So is it one now, continuous though. narrative then? Yeah. Okay. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, yeah, what was the rest of the question? <laughs> I guess that's it. I mean, okay. how, how approachable they are. How I, I do think The Last Wish and Star of Destiny are approachable because okay. of the short story thing. But yeah. I think there's an element of hesitant uh, hesitation to convince somebody to read a collection of short stories. That's the truth. So, <laughs> um, But I, I do think that's the place to start. Okay. Um, what else? There's also the giant graphic novel. Yeah, let's talk about some other adaptations. So it's, uh, of course, it's been uh, it's been adapted into like Polish graphic novels as well mm-hmm. um, in in the '90s. But what what we have is a nice big omnibus that has the three main volumes of the comic as well as a, a standalone, which is collected in there for the first time. So that yeah. wasn't that wasn't part of anything um, else. And so those are technically being done as like graphic novel adaptations of the video games the video games yeah okay because that's that's what was popular when these were coming out so but what's interesting is the second story there's a story in there where Geralt is dealing with like a fox demon yeah you read that when they're on a boat volume two fox children yep and that story takes place in season of storms oh okay so so it's directly adapted from the short story yeah oh okay yeah from the that the chapters Uh in that book that are happening around that um, I particularly like the first volume of that House of Glass. Was yeah, that was that spooky. from an uh, existing? Not, no, not that's totally book, original. Yeah. Okay, um, and that one is basically yeah. he meets this guy who says his wife was turned into some sort of mystical creature. Yeah, who but she's not killing him. Like they still seem to have yeah. some sort of connection. She's like a vampire creature, right? And so Geralt's kind of mm-hmm. helping him figure that situation out. And yeah. there's there's some good twists in there. The the eeriness of that story I thought worked yeah, really spooky. well. Um, yeah, and then the the games which are most how most people know about mm-hmm. them which started in 2007 and then Witcher 3 came out in 2015 uh I've only just started Witcher 1 cuz okay. I had to read the books before right. I played the game because I'm insane um first game's okay, okay so far I'm liking it but I can see why a lot of people don't like it mm-hmm. it's very uh it seems like I mean I'm not hip on this stuff uh-huh. but it seems pretty universal that the third one is the one is that the one people that, are, yeah. Pe- a lot of people just say skip the first two completely mm-hmm. and play the third game uh, it's it's open world. It's uh, a lot of quest driven. When you read something like the Was- Last Wish or Sword of Destiny, you're like, oh yeah, this could be a game mm-hmm. because it's just Geralt going off and taking care of a monster, right? So, 
Um, but I haven't played. I've got to play the first one before I can mm-hmm. get to the second one. Before I can get to the third okay. one. Okay. So the first one. So like when when we decided to do this, I wanted to play a little bit of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know where do you even get the first, first one. First one is PC only. Oh, okay. They they so they used uh, to make the game. They actually used somebody else's engine. They used Bioware's engine that Bioware had done for the Neverwinter Night games. And you can kind of tell when playing it that. Uh, they were limited. Okay. They use a lot of the same character assets mm. for non-playable characters. Like there's an old woman who's like 80 different old women in it. <laughs> the same thing for like this big guy, this older guy. It just goes back and forth. It gets a, a little annoying with that. Um, so for two and three, they use their own engine. Okay, as far as I'm aware. So two, I, I mean, I, I've been enjoying. I wanted to play one, and that was a uh, that was two ninety nine on the Xbox yeah, store for the full be, game. So I was like, cheap. okay, you yeah. know. But I've been enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, this 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 was really my introduction, just mm-hmm. like starting this game and, right. and being dumped into it. But it's it's uh, well, I won't tell you because I don't want you to yeah. spoil it for you. But it uh, it has a nice frame story mm-hmm. and and the uh, the storytelling I find is really good. Because well, that's even the first game is considered okay. like to have a good story. Yeah. So even though it's you know play wise, it's not so great. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes I'm a little like, can I just play this now? Mm-hmm. Like you know. Yes. But um. But it is, it is, I think, a pretty compelling story so far mm-hmm. of what, what I've been going through. And I, I don't think it's, um, like, I feel fine. I don't feel super lost yeah. doing it. Uh, so that was, that was my introduction. And then I read all the, the graphic novels that we had. Yeah. And I found the graphic novels to be really approachable as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I mean, all I knew was the basics. Like, he's a monster hunter. It's fantasy. That's yeah. all I knew. Yeah. And so picking up those graphic novels, I wasn't really sure if it was going to be a lot of like deep cuts or things I wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. But I think you know if it, if it's something you're interested in and don't want to you know want to kind of like put your feet in the water before you jump all the way in, I think the graphic novels are actually a pretty decent start because yeah. it, it gives you a good overview of um, the world and the characters, and you know it's it's a it's a quick read yeah. and done pretty well I think yeah. overall. Like I said, House of Glass was my favorite of the of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox Children was fine. Curse of Crows, I didn't particularly care for. I preferred Fox Children in the book. In actually. the book? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, I could see that. Just slightly different. Well, some of the imagery I don't think translates as well as it might have just on the yeah. page. You, you're sort of forced to use your imagination a little bit more, whereas you've seen the pictures, you can kind of be like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah. And there's a there's a volume four that's coming out, or actually mm-hmm. has, has come out already. Yeah. It's not collected not in, in that, that big collection. Of, of Flesh <laughs> and Flame is what that's called, which yeah. I don't think we have that in our collection, no. actually. That's so. because I thought I was just getting us volume one, right. the House of Glass. Yeah. Instead, I got a giant library binder. It worked out, though, because it's nice. It's oversized. Yeah. It's, you know, the yeah. illustrations Once that thing really falls good. apart because it's massive, we'll get the smaller yeah. copies. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, and then, as we said, The Witcher Show, yeah. which is on Netflix. Eight though episodes. before that, it was adapted into a, a, a movie and TV series that yeah. everybody hates called The Hexer mm-hmm. uh, in 2001, 2002. Yeah. And it sounds like the movie was just kind of a condensed version of the tv series which Maybe. is an odd thing mm. to do so nobody's really liking that but it yeah. seems like people are enjoying henry cavill and yeah uh, the netflix yeah. witcher henry cavill has a weird voice well like when he talks i don't know it's gravelly but it also sounds tired mm. but in like the wrong ways mm-hmm. anyway that's how i felt after watching batman v superman <laughs> tired <laughs> my uh my wife who doesn't know who you know hasn't read the books or anything doesn't yeah. know anything about the doesn't witcher know anything. she uh she enjoyed The Witcher. She never really felt lost. She asked me like one or two questions, mm-hmm. but for the most part, uh, pretty self-contained. So if you don't want to read the short stories, uh, watching The Witcher, I do, f- I, I do feel bad for people who might maybe have only played The Witcher three and are watching the show oh, because okay. it's very different. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not Geralt just going up uh, and fighting monsters. It w- could be very much like a Freak of the Week show, and that would be 
probably to play to its strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little worried because now that means next season will be like the Blood of Elves storyline. Mm. I'm like, oh, this is where I'm less into it. Oh, okay. It's it's also strange because I just finished reading these books and now it's just adapting the books mm-hmm. like almost like completely. I'm like, I just did this. Mm. I can't. That there's so it's a pretty faithful adaptation. Then. Yeah. Okay. I, I think so. Um, you you read the graphic novel, I so did. they were retelling. They were telling Siri or somebody else that Stricka story, right? Mm-hmm. That I read that in the graph. Well, I read it in the Last Wish first. Mm-hmm. Saw it in the show. Saw it in the graphic novel, and mm-hmm. then it intros the Witcher one game. Oh wow! And I'm just like, I can't <laughs> That's anymore a lot. with this. That's Stricka a lot of story. versions of that. It's a good story, mm-hmm. but now I'm so done You're over it. it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Geralt sleeps with the uh, the Stricka later on. I see in the game. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. He is he makes James Bond look it's so not, uh, uh he looks he makes James Bond look like a Puritan. Has it <laughs> that's true. Has it had complaints of sexism yet? Because that did stand out to me quite a bit. The, yes. Okay, because there's not yeah. a lot the of games like the, the, especially. Okay. Oh yeah. Because the female characters in it, even though they're like very powerful, mm-hmm. they're still sort of like well, in at the, the mercies no, of the Witcher. I would say you know? in the books they're they're much stronger. Are they? Um Siri okay. becomes much stronger. I mean, she kills a bunch of people wearing okay. like she she traps them on this like lake of ice and then beheads a bunch of them because oh, wow. she created like ice skates wow. and just like starts cutting off their That's heads. Intense. And it's insane. I thought in the graphic novels especially it was sort of like you see that they, yeah. they have this power but they just don't yeah they're not there for that. No, so I, would, I thought that was a real weakness. No, Sapkowski's books I feel like they're they're much stronger. Okay. Um, from, I mean from a storytelling standpoint yeah. that makes so much more sense. Yeah. You know. I don't I don't know how people feel about it in the show. I find uh Siri right now in the show to be kind of boring, mm-hmm. but I think it's the actress's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. or it might be the writing fault. She, yeah. Her story in the show was just really dull. Okay. But I like uh Jennifer in the show for the most part. Jennifer's Have cool. you done any of the other like outlying thing like the card games or board games or anything like that? No. All right. Gwent, I think, is introduced in Witcher 3 mm. and then given its own game. So, no, okay. I haven't. Uh, I've just been very behind because Witcher, the first Witcher in 2007, that's when I started college. Mm-hmm. I didn't play video games in college for five years. Wow. Just like nothing. So like Cold turkey. Yeah. So, when I got out and then I was like, well, I can't start with Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it's just one of those things where... Uh, this has been a, it's been a journey for you. It's been a journey. Getting to Witcher. I had the Witcher 3 video game loaded. I had the main menu up. I was ready to hit new game. And I was like, I can't do this without playing the first game. Wow. And then I was like, I can't play the first game without reading the books. Little did I know. <laughs> this is dedication. Yeah. This is dedication. So anyway, uh, they're good. I'm gl- I am glad I read them. Okay. Um, I mean, like we saw in from Last Wish to Season of Storms, they were the only fantasy books I read. Yeah, I that's right. Them. I remember. So That was a long haul because they're long books. Yeah, they can be. Yeah. Uh, All right. So what yeah. is so we've we've said we've said the best place to start mm-hmm. uh, would be the Last Wish and Season of Storms also an acceptable mm-hmm. place because it's standalone. Yeah. But out of all of the all of the ones that you read, what is your personal favorite? Uh, I guess it is Last Wish, oh, which okay. is my personal favorite. But also, I so it only goes down. No, goes because downhill. I found Season of Storms to be the best one since um, the the Last Wish. But the novels, a lot of times, I just enjoyed them in their parts. Okay. A lot of times, like I enjoyed things that were happening, but not necessarily like the whole book. I see. I enjoyed these moments or scenes or encounters, uh, as opposed to everything that was in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was something else I was going to say about The Witcher. Oh, it's not Game of Thrones. Okay. A lot of people. I that's the thing everybody's comparing The Witcher show right now. It's like, oh, I I like it when it's being The Witcher three and not Game of Thrones. It's like. You're just saying I like The Witcher 
when it's not being this other fantasy story. Right. Like it's just they're all just fantasy. You I mean, it it's just a genre. Mm-hmm. Like the uh Game of Thrones is dark fantasy, The Witcher is dark fantasy. That's that's I feel like as much as they have in common. I mm-hmm. mean, are you upset because there's a lot of political backstabbing and uh manipulation? That's all that fantasy right. genre. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's just like the only thing in the lexicon right now, I mm-hmm. guess. Like how Game of Thrones for a while was like, oh, it's like a really dark, edgy Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's I just, remember those days. Yeah, it's until we have a new thing. You know, the next thing will be whatever. I like it when it's being this and not The Witcher. Have you so. heard anything on the horizon as far as like, is there going to be a Witcher 4? Is there... The game? No yeah. idea. Yeah. I I, I, they, people are talking about it, but they're working on that cyberpunk game right now. Okay. So And as far as the books? Well, so... Um, Sapkowski, as we as I mentioned, he sold the rights to make a video game okay. for just like a fee, just one time fee and no royalties. And then The Witcher Three became massive, and you know that's millions of dollars. Right. He probably said yeah. no to. Uh, and he's complained about it ever since. Just complained about it, and which is just like you. Well, that's what happens when you make yeah. bad decisions. Right. Right. Anyways, they've reached a new deal, so now he will receive oh, royalties. Okay. So I don't really know what CD Projekt Red gets out of it, other mm-hmm. than shutting the guy up. Right. Um, Goodwill. You know. But maybe it wasn't a in perpetuity contract. I see. So maybe we'll see. Once they hit a certain time. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as I said, we have all the books in the collection, thanks uh-huh. to Eric. Uh, you're going to have to put holds on them now because they're, uh, they're popular items. Mm. We also have the graphic novel here. We'll be getting mm-hmm. volume four and... Should more come from The Witcher? I'm sure mm. it'll. I'm sure it'll make its way here too. Mm. So right now you're just playing through Witcher One. Witcher One. But you're playing through Witcher Two. I am. So somehow, yeah. somehow you're ahead of me in the Witcher narrative. I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm the true Witcher fan. Oh, I man. guess <laughs> I don't know how this happened. In a way, I kind of introduced you to The Witcher. After, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, after I two didn't. years of me reading through the books, yeah. and starting up the first game, Nick has succeeded. Yeah. And hey, surpassed. If you need any, if you need any Witcher pointers or anything <laughs> like that, <laughs> you know who to come to. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to add uh, for the good of the the all the book show here? Oh. As we as we close up shop. No. In the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about the Youth Media Awards. Of course, we're going to be doing a, a Star Trek Next Generation episode to coincide only with, next gen with Picard. Voyager fans, get out of here. Aww. With the new Picard yeah. series coming out. Uh, we've got Alex Cole down in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Our, our movies are, are starting back up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, book Club's currently reading The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of things planned for the Have coming year. Have you seen so. every episode of Next Gen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I guess I, part of me wouldn't have been surprised. You're like, I don't... I think well, it's is- it's been a long time. Like yeah. My wife and I have been going back and rewatching sort of select episodes mm-hmm. to refresh my memory right. on, on some of the things. And there are episodes where we'll, we'll be watching it and I'll be like, I don't remember this it at all. It does feel like no. it's a show that you only watched like once through. You're yeah. Like, That's okay. I got Voyager yeah. now. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I probably wouldn't go back and, and sit down and watch every episode of that. Mm. But I mean, right. I have my favorites, which we'll talk about in Little that episode. Little sizzle right there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week then. Thanks for tuning in to listening to us chat about The Witcher. Stop into the library and check out some of the books or graphic novels, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 